welcome to Monday Morning Coffee with Inside the Firm. Each week, our hosts will be interviewing local, regional, and national business leaders to give you an inside peek into how they lead their business to success in the ever-competitive business climate. Welcome to Monday Morning Coffee with Inside the Firm. Today, I have a very special guest, Lanita Mitchell Blackwell is the intuitive business coach who leads her clients to live life on fire with the ultimate successful life with peace, joy, and fulfillment. She has built an award-winning law firm and publishing house and is a number one best-selling author, CPA, and an ordained new thought minister and recognized nationally as an outstanding community leader. Based on her latest book, she loves sharing the formula to the ultimate successful life with peace, joy, and fulfillment. Lenita, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Before we get into what you do now, tell us how you got here. I'm always interested in the entrepreneurial story from, you know, were you the first in the family? Is that maybe why you are, you know, the entrepreneur? Where, where does that spirit come from? So I come from a generation, a, a long line of entrepreneurs um, from my great, great, great grandfather having a corner store to my mother having a plant and antique and now baking business. My father um, founding his own dentistry practice. Um, we go, we learn, and then we do on our own. That's beautiful. Beautiful. Yes. I, I love it. I love when there's a when there's a through line. I mean, I love all the stories about the entrepreneur stuff. When there's a through line, I'm a yeah. I'm honestly a firm believer at this point now that I think there's got to be some genetics to the whole thing because it, you like entrepreneurs are special people. We we are comfortable with the uncomfortable. Um, tell us why. So you talk about a lot about happiness, joy, and everything that you do. Why are more than a third of people unhappy with their lives? So simply put, it's because they are chasing happiness instead of chasing joy. Um, happiness is externally determined. So someone else has control over your emotional state. You're happy if the sun is out. You're sad if it's raining. You're happy mm. if your best friend is in town. You're sad when they leave. Um, whereas we're, we're looking toward joy. That means that no matter what is going on, I still have a sense of peace and fulfillment about my life. And when we make that transition, that means that we understand that joy is an inside job. And so no one else has control over that. So no matter what's going on at work, what's going on in, with family, that we still have a place that we can come back to so that we can renew and then go back out into the world joyful, peaceful. And I, and I tell you, Lance, that is why our customers come to us, our clients come to us. It's not just because we're great at what we do. Mm -hmm. It's because we are sending out an energetic signature that they like and they want to be aligned with. Yeah, I, I agree. You got to, when, when I pick up the phone, I, I treat it as if I'm picking up the phone for the very first time ever with a positive energy out there. I try to always, even if I'm having a bad day, like I need to be that salesman who has the positive energy because it's like that first impression even on the phone is so important um what there's a term you 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 use and i feel like maybe coined what is a drama emergency and how do yes. you navigate it 
Jemergency. And it is, yeah, right? It is the combination of drama and emergencies. And it came to be because I noticed that no matter what was going on in the world, if something crazy was going to go down, it was going to be first thing in the morning. Mm. And I was like, you know what? We got to cut this off at the pass because, you know, when you're an entrepreneur, you have a business, you are a salesperson, you are the chief salesperson. And so how you feel and what you are thinking and projecting into the world, most times starts at the top of your day. And if you don't get control over what is going on there, it is very hard to catch up and then redirect what is going on for the rest of the day. So I started putting my phone on do not disturb until 7 a.m. So with the exception of mom, because, you know, mom's got to come through. Yeah. I don't get any notifications, no emails, anything. So I have time to do my prayers, do my meditations, my affirmations, set the intention for my day. And then someone else can come and they can lay their emergencies out. And I can decide, is this something I would want to deal with? Am I going to deal with it right now? Am I going to deal with it at all? Most of the time with the emergencies is no, because it's nothing that is going to uplift you, inspire you, motivate you, propel you to be the person you need to be for your clients, for yourself, for your community. Yeah, I love that. I What I call those hours are the golden hours in the morning between five and seven. That. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm with you 100%. Like this morning, this morning, I woke up bef before my girlfriend and got out of bed and then uh went made the coffee stretched prayed the rosary so i'm all about i'm all about that setting the day straight in that sort of way and i, I can feel i can feel that this day was started correctly because of because of securing your golden hour so i really like your tip about maybe putting it not on do not disturb until seven whatever you got to do in that morning it's so important to, to set set yourself straight and, and get yourself on that right positive energy path. What do you what, what what advice would you give people if they want to feel more engaged in their lives? A lot of us are just the camera won't show up, but like I'm holding up my iPhone here. A lot of us are just you know we're in these screens constantly and we're like distracted and we're not present as much as I think we should be. So, what kind of tips do you have for folks? So you actually said it. The first thing is to be present. The only moment that truly matters is now because this is the moment that we have control over. Mm -hmm. I tell people all the time, particularly my clients, if now is not taken care of, next can't come. So all the strategizing and planning that you're doing, if you're not taking care of yourself, your business, your family right this moment, then next cannot come, not won't, it can't. Because if you're too sick, if you're too distracted, to be in alignment and to follow the plan, then it can't come to pass. So that's the first thing, being present, being focused on the eternal moment, which is right now. The second thing is to focus on the per person in front of you. And I know that sounds like I'm saying the same thing, but please hear me out. Most of us were trained to always be ready with the response. So mm -hmm. if I'm always ready with the response, it means I'm not truly listening to what you're saying completely. Yeah. I'm not giving you a chance to finish your thought, to pause and consider what you've said, and then to respond if there's a response at all. That means that I've just cut 
the opportunity for, for us to have an amazing engaging opportunity together, right? By at least 70% because I didn't let you finish what you were thinking or saying because I'm trying to respond. Just take a breath, breathe, and give this moment, this, this interaction, a chance to be everything that it can be. And then third, always remember to put yourself first. Mm -hmm. I know that sounds negative. I know it sounds selfish, but hear me out. I'm telling you, when you get on a plane, they tell you to put your mask on first and then the person next to you. There's a reason for that. Mm -hmm. Because if you put the person's mask on next to you, particularly if it's a child, and then you don't have the strength or the capacity to put yours on, then what are you going to do? You're going to die, right? Yeah. Your life is the same way. You keep pouring from this empty cup. You're giving everything and you're not giving to yourself. You wind up exhausted. You wind up bitter and you wind up alone. That is not the kind of life we're putting forth in this world, right? We want everything that we've dreamed, that we work for. We want the great family and the connections and the relationships. And we want the physical manifestation of those things. But it first starts with us and it starts within. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. We all experience frustration and anger, obviously. What do you think the best use of it is? So the best use is to understand that it is a tool. Anger, frustration, to up to a point rage, because rage is uncontrollable. So we want to scale that back to anger, right? It is a tool for you to understand that things have to change. Whatever situation is going on right now, you have identified that there is a problem and you need to decide, are you the one to address it? And if you're not, whether you're going to stay or go. If you're going to address the problem, now we have an opportunity for possibly a new business, a new model, mm -hmm. some new product and what we do. If we're not going to address it and it's time to go, then now it's time for exit strategy. Once we have made the decision on what we're going to do, now it's time to take that anger, funnel it into creativity and create the plan, execute the plan and don't look back. Yeah, I love the word you use, opportunity. That's the way I look at negative things that happen in life, that it, whether it's professional or personal. It's, 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 it seems like it's always an opportunity. And the, usually the thing that follows the negative thing is a positive thing. You, I mean, the universe does not exist as it sits without equal and opposite forces, right? So there's the negative, yes. the positive, electricity, all of that. I love that. Um, let's move on to diversity. Uh, so you say that diversity is essential to the progression of our world. What would you what would you say is more important, diversity or meritocracy? So I think the most important thing is love. Because when we have love, then we respect the importance of both diversity and meritocracy. With diversity, it is so much more than gender, race, age, culture, religion. It is everything that makes you uniquely you and being able to respect and honor the person next to you, which here would be you, Lance, and everything that makes you uniquely you. And when we can come to some agreement on how we're going to move forward and work together, and we're going to respect and admire, and sometimes from a distance, and that's fine too, but without treading on one another's beliefs, then we have an opportunity to move our world forward in a positive way. 
We can do that and still respect meritocracy. And I say that because there are people who have more experience than you, a better skill set than you, and more resources than you do. That is an opportunity to learn from them. Yes. Years ago, I founded with three other ladies a leadership development program for women. And we, during the 10 years, we taught over 400 women and girls all over the world. And the major thing I shared with those ladies and those young ladies was instead of getting mad at men, learn from them. Beautiful. Because one of the things that I saw over and over again was it was the same five guys in a circle who apparently had come to an agreement that they were going to put each other forward over and over again for different awards, accolades, positions. Well, instead of getting mad, I was like, create your own group. Mm-hmm. You put forth one another. And I have watched the people who have done what I suggested. They have gone so far. It's how I've gotten where I am. You don't get here in a vacuum. You get there with a team. But everybody on that team is bringing something different. And that is diversity. That is the respect of the meritocracy. That is love. Yeah, I love that. There was not, there was no... I didn't get any sense of victimhood culture with what you just described. I loved that. I loved that you fo- you focused it on and you are focusing people in that way of it's not about tearing down the men. It's not about tearing down the women. It's not about tearing, tearing down black or white or brown or yellow or any or, any, or genders or all the other stuff. It's look, you're you're in this situation. It's what do they have that you don't have? How do you get there through your own means, through your own circle? Beautiful, Linda. Uh, what is what is what do you think is the best strategy to move on and then let go of something obviously negative? Yeah. So the first is to admit that something happened that really hurt you. And that's hard because we are taught, particularly when we are brought through the corporate structure like I was, to never let them see you sweat. Vulnerability is mm. a weakness, but it is not. It is a strength. I'm not saying go bleeding on every person that you meet, right? I'm saying in the quiet of that golden hour, you were talking about those golden hours, five to seven, to admit that you were wounded, that you were hurt and why and how that came to be. Not assigning blame, but really being objective about how it came down, right? And then forgiving the other person for Mm -hmm. the role they played and then forgiving self and truly putting it behind. So now that we've done that, the way that we put it behind is to exercise our positive intelligence quotient or your PQ. And you do that through a series of prompts. So every time one of your saboteurs comes up, Mm -hmm. I is primarily the judge, someone else, it might be something else, (laughs) right? (laughs) Every time it comes up, you do a prompt. And so sometimes it's as little as just rubbing two fingers together or rubbing your fingers across your face right? Breathing deeply for two minutes at a time. Sometimes going from for a run or I ride my bike, whatever it is to bring you back to the present moment to remember that moment is over and we're moving forward. We've learned from it. It can do nothing else from for us. It's no longer providing nourishment and substance for us. And we've got to leave it where it is. And that's in the past. It sounds like a, that sounds you do, what you just described in my world is you basically describe the 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 basis of meditation and that is you're you're recognizing yes. the negative thing that comes in 
You're saying hello to it. And then you say, you're saying goodbye to it. But if you don't acknowledge it, it's just going to sort of be like, if you're not acknowledging, I guess, a wound or something, right. And you just, you're not, you're not treating it and acknowledging it and then getting it to heal and all of that. Um, Beautifully, beautifully put. Uh, How do you define your own standard of success? And then uh, how do you think that leads to a joyful life? Yes. So I define success as a life full of peace, joy, and fulfillment. And I got here because I had run myself ragged. Mm. I have had a beautiful life, wonderful parents and community that encouraged me to work hard and I would get the fruits of those successes. And I did. I became a CPA, an attorney, best-selling author, speaker all over the world, media company, publishing company, et cetera. Right. But I also (laughs) became exhausted. Mm -hmm. And it was not until my daughter finally passed out in the middle of the floor, exhausted, and she was six, that I realized something needed to shift. Yeah. So the thing that needed to shift was the fact that I had intertwined my self-esteem and and self-worth with success. And it wasn't, it's not that success is bad. It's when it is worldly success that's based on stuff, right? Because that means once again, we are assigning our emotional state to something external to us. So when that stuff is gone, that means or it meant for me that I felt like I had failed and that I was unworthy. And so I said, okay, let's break this down. So if success is living up to a standard and somebody else gave me this standard and that is a perfect life, then that means that I have to redefine this. I'm going to shift this. So we're coming out of perfection. We're going into excellence. And the difference is that I'm setting the standard. I'm creating the checklist and I am giving myself the grace for it to change. So it's a sliding scale depending on what is going on. Because Lance, what was excellent in my 20s is not what's going on in my 40s and it won't be in my 60s. And that is absolutely right. But we got to be embrace the the grace that's necessary to say that and to live it beautiful beautiful let's say somebody just heard what you just said obviously and then they've they're to the point in the podcast and they're thinking like you know what i i am recognizing through my own meditation practices whatever that is of just their old self and they want to they want to metaphorically burn it down and they Mm want to start new what, 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 how do they do that? I mean, they shut off the podcast. Like what is the first thing they should do? Yeah. So I actually have a five-step process. So the first thing is focus on people and not process. So we talked about that a little bit by saying, whoever's in front of you really embrace this opportunity. But it also means that we've all heard the saying, every cloud has a silver lining. I need you to embrace you are the silver lining. Mm. So the challenge that comes up, that's for you. And so for you to get everything that you're supposed to get out of it, and a lot of times challenge comes from another person, right? Then we have to pause and remove the emotion and say, what am I supposed to learn here? What am I supposed to get out of this? And sometimes it doesn't come until later, but we have to be fully present to be open to it. The second thing we have to do is we have to leave it all on the field. So when I was talking about putting things behind, that's exactly what I mean. I really admire athletes. They get out there, they give it all they got. They might watch their films one time to deconstruct what happened 
and how things can be improved. They make a plan, they implement improvement strategies, and then they move on to the next thing. We have to do the same thing in our lives, Lance. We cannot continue to beat up on ourselves about things that have gone on. Once they're done, leave it. It's done. The third thing that we must do is we have to unstretch ourselves thin. Most of us, okay, all of us listening to your show because we're successful, right? <laughs> we have too much going on, yeah. folks. Every quarter, evaluate where you spend your time. And those things that no longer align to your mission, your vision, your values, they got to go. Now, I didn't say that they were negative and that they were bad and that the people were awful. No, we're at a place in all of our lives, we know how to get rid of those things real quick. I'm saying that if they are not consistent with where you know you're going now, because that might have changed in the past year, then they have to come off to make room for the next thing that is going to propel you to where you say you want to be. And then fourth, this leads us to live a model life. Now, the model life is not for someone else to look at us. That's nice that they do, but this is really for ourselves. So that when we look at ourselves, we love what we see, not just like it. We want to like it, but love it. Mm -hmm. So that when we go out into the world, we are giving off such an awesome vibe that people are drawn to us and everything that we desire and work for, it comes. Now, some things will come quicker than others. Some things will come easier than others. But I'm telling you, it will come because the energy that you're giving off with all this positivity, with this determination, with this self-love, it can't help but produce the results. And then people will come. They will ask you what you're doing. They will want to know. And you don't have to tell them. You show them. Beautiful. I love that. Just leading by example. It's just such a such a through, such a common thread uh, that just over and over again that you hear from successful people like yourself. Uh, two last questions as you run up on the half hour here, Lenita. They ask every guest. First one is knowing what you know now, and if you could go back in time when you first started your business, what is one piece of advice you give your former self? Yeah. So the first thing I would tell little Lenita is what I call her because she's younger, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would say stop and smell the roses. Hmm. Everything does not have to be accomplished by the time you're 30. I don't know what it was, Lance, but something in me was this like, if we don't get all this done by 30, it's never going to happen. Yeah. And here I am at 47 and more has happened. And I'm just like, man, I wish I had just stopped and had deeper conversations that I had enjoyed the time where I was at that present moment. Yeah, I, I love that so much. I've been saying this a lot in the last six, six weeks, six, to eight weeks, it seems like is like, I've been telling folks, you're, you'll never, you'll never regret uh, taking that day off of work while you're lying on your deathbed. Like, it's just not going to happen. And I, you know, there's, it's, it's not so much a balance. I think it's, I think it's actually just trying to, especially if you're an entrepreneur, you're trying to get the two to work with each other and not let mm -hmm. one overbear the other in that sort of way. I'm, I, Maybe I'll formulate at some point here on, I don't know, episode 1000. I think this is episode 550 or something, a better version of that. Uh, Lenita, you have been wonderful. Thank you so much for all your valuable insight. Yeah, we wish you nothing but success with your book and everything you do. Where can people find and follow you if they want to learn more? My website, lenitamitchellblackwell.com, spell L-Y-N-I-T-A. We can connect on social. You can join my email list, grab copies of my book, Live Life on Fire, and let's just connect. Beautiful. Thanks so much, Leonard. We appreciate your time. Thank you.